48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube. 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is the hidden numbers and conspiracy of the world government that is hidden in the hash marks of comic book pages. Now, you guys might not know, but there is a secret society of comic book illustrators, um, and this does span into kind of like other guilds of illustration that are tied into the world governments, uh, the breakaway world governments of like NASA, you know, and, and like the competing like Chinese space program. Um, yeah. and they have been, they have been programming message. I was trying to do it. I was, Wait, so they've been programming messages sorry, and like, they've been hiring graphic designers to make the earth look round rather than flat. Um, and so like you'll notice throughout in those hash marks, you know, there's actually, if you look at the negative space, there are secret messages that are being sent out to, um, the new world order. Um, to kind of communicate like the needs of the dark Lord. So Corey and I are both on board with this. We just thought that you guys should know the deep secrets, the deep truth of no, we, we just, and if you send me, if you send me your, uh, your, your credit card number, your mother's maiden name and, and your wife's birthday, then I will give you the cipher to, to, to get the secret message. Sorry. No, we, We, we keep going. Uh, we we've been on this kick where we've been watching a lot of conspiracy theory stuff just for kind of kicks, and uh, and we were like, you know, like you could totally do like a pretty good conspiracy theory based on graphic design. <laughs> Squ- Squatchy in the chat just said, "You just made me spit out my taco." <laughs> so that's part of the part of the conspiracy is it's anti taco. Um, and he's like, I was like, no. <laughs> Oh man, no! All but right. like, I do think there's messed up stuff out there that happens. But the thing that cracks me up with conspiracy theories is like, it's like the string theory of weird crap. Is like, yeah, yes. there must be one unifying thread that you know. Anyway, yeah. But we thought we we could do a whole episode on that. But I was actually a little concerned that uh, I don't know somebody at work might see it and I might lose my job or something. <laughs> they might we thought it. we thought he was. Yeah. You know, a pretty normal guy. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, that's so, how... Uh, I want to say that Matthew Enstrom is saying that that's how Corey knows that robots are taking over the world. Yep. That's true. That's yeah. true. We have the, the insider information. Um, so, uh, so do you at, to- at some point, at some point, maybe when, when, like, we're just, like, you know, really sick of the 48-hour R check or something... We're going to do live streams that are just like us as alter egos that are a part of some deep, dark conspiracy and graphic design. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, um, man. Because I, I had this whole idea about how, like, the conspiracy theory guys – I hate the word conspiracy theorist. Theorist? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever that is. The, the dudes who think that everything is connected – um, cause there is weird stuff that happens, but the dudes that think that everything's connected, yes. it would be funny if one of the main arguments for this was 
you know, why, why are there ads on Hulu? You know, why are there ads in magazines? The subscription pays for that stuff. There's ads because they're trying to get their message to the, to the masses, you know, that type of thing. Like you could kind of see that, like you could kind of see that kind of role anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could could be like, why do you think you like the art you like? You think you just like it? Yeah. It's because it's making subliminal messages to you that make you like it. That's why you like it. (laughs) <laughs> like, think think about think about the proliferation of uh, of superheroes in modern media today. I mean, there's no reason for them to be as popular as they are. <laughs> just show random patterns drawn, and just be like, if you look at the pattern, it's actually saying, like, you know, buy buy my art. If you if you watch if you watch the webbing of Spider Man's web from panel to panel, you will see yeah. that there's this many. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, so okay, so um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, right. Somebody in the chats just said the metal men of Mercury are teaming up with the mall monsters and the mole men over the government. They're using the comic books to communicate with one another. Yes, uh, the mole men. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and that's so. Yeah. So that that'll be another topic. But, it, but we were actually thinking a topic <laughs> that would be fun to do tonight is uh, it, it, on a more serious note is is opposition. And, and um, why I was kind of thinking of this, and we I, we can kind of take it in whatever direction you know it ends up going, but um, was just that like I've had these incidents recently where I felt really benefited by knowing people who have opposing views yeah. on um, on art, on life, on um, all sorts of things, and that like you know. Um, I think with the civility, you actually end up in this position where you can learn and learn things that are outside of your own wheelhouse and um, and improve and kind of um, worst case scenario gain more knowledge um, and and best case scenario you know like maybe gain something that will benefit you you know and like I, th- I think that's something a lot of especially like newer artists um, going to like school or going into like their first time in a workplace um, where they have like um, an art director over them or something like that or a teacher kind of critiquing them um, I think ten- t- the tendency is to have this like wall of defense yeah and I think that um, I just kind of wanted to bring up the opposition thing as as a an interesting thing to maybe approach opposition instead of from a place of defense, from a place of like opportunity, um, because or or curiosity, like, exactly. Because I think that um, opposition actually breeds knowledge, and yeah. it, it, if anything, um, will at least inform you more about your own knowledge um, of of whatever you, you know you're you're opposed to, and so like. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just something that's been on my mind and, and uh, was just thinking would make an interesting topic. So any thoughts on that, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I've got lots of thoughts of this. I mean, it's it's yeah. such an interesting thing that in today's society um, that we are being polarized so much that um, yeah. everyone is vilifying everyone else when, when in actuality. And it's not to say that it's not to say that that has never happened. I mean, there have been, you know, elections you know, in the early 1800s where the mudslinging was so bad that like people's wives died from like the stress of what people were saying about their husbands and stuff, you know, it was like, so it's been, you know, it's been, it's been pretty bad in American politics, but like, 
um, it's just cyclical, I think. And it's one of those time periods where um, it's one of those, you're, you know, you're, you're with us or you're against us. The problem that I have with that is, is not that I think one side is right or wrong, but that I think that we actually need opposition because anything um, in an extremity becomes a, a huge problem. Right. Yeah. Like, like for example, I I think that one of the problems with um, Captain Planet was that the villains were ridiculously unrelatable. Like all of the villains, like wanted to destroy the Earth. They were like, yeah, yeah I love pollution, and they were like enjoying polluting rivers or whatever. And it was like, nah. even as a kid, I was like, I don't think there are people like that. You know, I think that people have made horrible decisions that, that negatively impact the environment. Right. But, um, but to say that, to say that there are people out there that are like, I love just dumping pollution in the river and killing all the fish. It's fun. That's, that's not, that's not a reasonable take. And so, um, if you have actual, actual opposition, you're going to have people that are going to say, you know, there's, there's this poll and then there's, and then there's this poll. And if you go too far in one direction, the real solution to, um, you know, conservatism or conservationism and all that stuff, uh, environmentalism, um, is that humans don't exist anymore. You know, it's kind of the Ultron thing. Like I, I looked at it and if we want peace on earth then we need just to get rid of the conflict, which are people. Right. And so yeah. that's obviously a swing too far, then a swing too far in the other direction. Uh, you know, and like, there's no planet anymore because we just, yeah. <laughs> cause you're, everyone's a, every, everyone is a, a captain planet villain. And I think you can take <laughs> almost any issue, um, and you could take it to a logical extreme and write a really good, um, you know, sci-fi movie or episode of The Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, right? Because yeah. you, you take anything and it's extreme and it can be problematic. And I'm also not one of those people that believes that, um, you know, moderation in all things uh, is is a doctrine of scripture that people should should uh, should go by. Because one, it was something that I think Aristotle said, and he didn't mean it in the way that we're meaning it today. Because today we yeah. use it as an excuse to do a little bit of bad stuff, you know. Yeah. Like a moderation in all things, you know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit my wife every once in a while, and then it's a moderate amount of yeah. beating, you know. And it's like there should be very clear lines in the sand. Agreed. Uh, that that you're like, no, for me, I don't cross this line ever. Yeah. No matter of what. Right. And um, and I think as a society, we have those. But the interesting thing about this is if you are not willing to engage with somebody who disagrees with you on something, um, then you are also not willing to admit that you might be wrong about something. And I think that's that it's that fear or defensiveness of that. Like, Josh, if you came to me, you know, and we are on. Uh, different areas of several very deeply held things, uh, you know, yeah. in our lives. And if you came to me and my initial response was like, ha, ah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to broach that subject or whatever, because I know you yeah. disagree with me. Why, why, why yeah. do I have that? Why is that initial defense rise up? That's a really interesting thing because what if I am wrong? Yeah. Do I want to be right for the sake of winning the argument and saving face or do yeah. I want to find the truth? Or do I want to well, learn more about something that I don't already know? So this is this brings up a really powerful thing about um, what I what I kind of started with at the top with with defensiveness, which is a really valuable question when going into like a potential confrontation 
or what could just be like a discussion of disagreement it is really just like that that age-old question of like what's the worst that could happen yeah and and like i said if the worst that could happen is you're gonna die or something then then maybe it is a, an issue that's not worth broaching right um but if if what the worst is gonna happen is maybe like you'll look stupid or or and I'm just talking about my own fears going into confrontations or you'll um, not win an argument, which is, a, you know, a huge used to be a huge struggle in my life where I, I really enjoyed arguing. I was on debates. I was in mock trial. I really liked winning arguments. Yeah. <clears throat> but one of the things about that type of personality, you learn very quickly after winning some arguments very successfully is that no one really wins in a one argument of opposing viewpoints where the goal of the argument was to win. Right. Um, nobody walks away with the, from that generally with their mind changed. And so that to me is like, that's a really good um, uh, explanation of like what you can get out of a productive um, conversation. You can, a productive conversation would be like you get in some insight into an opposing view Um and, and like, keep in mind, I'm, I'm talking about this in the context of art too, like a critique is an opposing moment yeah. because you're going to be your biggest advocate for your art <clears throat> or maybe your worst critic. Um, but whatever it is, you're going to put that in front of another human being with different perspective, <clears throat> different standards. And um, sometimes they might not be objective. They might say they're being objective and not objectively critique. They might bring their own biases to it. I think most people do. And, and you're in a vulnerable position where you're almost having to hear, um, you, you're going to have to hear things that you may not agree with. Yeah. And you're going to have to hear things that might make you want to get defensive. And, but the problem is if you get defensive, you're actually supposed, you, you, you might actually be putting a blockade on the ability to, um, to kind of, work through and maybe gain some knowledge from it because like while maybe let's let's say you sit through a critique and like uh, like 90 percent of it's subjective and pointless and and was just kind of somebody feeding their own ego which i've rarely had but i have had those kind of critiques mm -hmm. um there's still if you approach it with an open mind and with confidence in what you've actually done um or what you know what you actually think you can come away with like 10% of knowledge on like how to improve that thing. Um, and similarly with thought or like with a discussion about like philosophy or about politics, um, you might actually like, like thinking about it personally. Um, I would love to, like, I didn't support Donald Trump and I'm not saying that to like say you shouldn't, I'm just saying that's my own, that was my own take on the election um, and, but I'm fascinated with getting in conversations with people who did and, and hopefully not hostile conversations. Like I actually want to know like what the motivating factors were that made them support, um, what the motivating factors were in their vote and why they kind of lean politically the way they do. Um, to me, like that's a much more interesting thing than just kind of going after, those people and going like, well, you're wrong. And and that goes to like people way beyond, because in that case, I don't think that's like a clear cut case of like good and evil. 
But honestly, there's some times where I'll want to talk to someone who like I want to actually hear what motivates people to do things and and what they actually like because I think otherwise you risk the game you risk the possibility of kind of creating others right um, and creating kind of like this cartoon version of what someone thinks or of being deluded um, and that that would tie I know I'm jumping back and forth but that seems like that would tie back into like kind of the art critique where it's like if you go into an art critique with a closed mind and defensive you come out of that art critique and your art is at the same level it's at when you started your knowledge is at the same level that you started so and and i want to i want to i want to run with the art thing because i think um i think there's a lot of value in taking having conversations open conversations with people with opposing opinions where you do not have the intent to change anyone's mind there's there's a ton of a ton of good that can happen from that, but I think yeah. selfishly, um, and 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 on topic, I think there's some real value um, in understanding how opposition works uh, to further your creativity. Um, and so wh- whether you are a writer, a filmmaker, um, an illustrator, a, a comic book artist, uh, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the people in the community that are watching this, you know, are making their own comics and they are they wear all the hats, you know, of those comics or whatever. Um, understanding understanding opposition is is super important. And so one of, one of the things that I wanted to one of the, wanted to bring up is there is a difference between conflict and contention. And I actually yeah. don't think that contention is valuable. It's an yes. interesting, it's an interesting story point story point. And I think it's valuable, you know, to increase the drama, um, you know, of certain types of storytelling, but conflict is, is okay. Conflict is great. And without conflict, you have a huge problem either in your art or your job or your relationship or your society. You know, I used to hear, you know, that um, stupid things, you know, that like, you know, the best relationships don't have any conflict. And it's like, no, the best relationships have the proper tools to be able to navigate conflict. Exactly. Because without conflict, one person is being oppressed. You know, like one of yeah. those people in that relationship is not able to express themselves. Because if you have two people that are exactly the same, one of them is not necessary. That's not how yeah. nature or God or the universe or natural selection or however you want to look at you know, humanity, that's not how it works. We, we, each one of us are completely different. And because we have reason and logic and empathy, um, we are at conflict within ourselves as yeah. well, right? Because it's not the animalistic nature of, of like survival of the fittest. That's not how human beings work. We're a social, social creature, but that in and of itself is at conflict. And so as this, as this applies to art, if you were to take this and understand um, your enemy, you know, understand your villain, understand your hero, understand how there's like uh, Mother Teresa has said, um, I really only began to understand things once I understood that there's a little bit of Hitler in all of us, you know, like that's people are I've had this discussion online, like people are like, I don't want to understand Hitler, that's stupid, you know, but Mother, Mother Teresa found that she was able to be a better person by understanding her potential to do evil so that she can avoid it. Yeah. And I think that that gets into the idea of like, you know, I think the problem with Hitler in the first place, which is 
which is he dehumanized people and right. dehumanizing people allows you to um, really commit terrible acts and yeah. he you know systematically got other people to dehumanize entire groups of people yeah. and it led to terrible things and and so I think um, I think that's why I think that if you're trying to kind of be like a rational being that's actually kind of hopefully like contributing well to society you you um, as Corey stated before you obviously draw clear lines in the sand of what's acceptable what's not acceptable but I think you need to kind of be able to retain like an open mind and um, and actually curiosity um, about other people um, in order to avoid dehumanizing people um, and so like to me I think the other thing that 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 I, I we haven't really touched on too much is um, one of the values of kind of like opposition like opposing viewpoints and like hearing um, like like a good example is like if if you're um, uh, if you're in the comics camp and you love comic books and um, you you adore everything about cartooning, it might behoove you to actually maybe step outside of that bubble and read some stuff by people who hate comics. Yeah. Um, and read why they hate comics and what they think about comics and what it is that um, and and not just hear it from a source saying, hey, this jerk hates comics you know um because that source is going to be biased and you know you're you're kind of going to the choir you know to or to hear people preach the choir and and that's not necessarily going to leave you with any knowledge what's interesting is if you go to like kind of a source that you disagree with and you actually like kind of check it out um i think that it it can enrich the curiosity that allows you to write better and allows you to kind of explore things in art better. Um, and, uh, and also like, once again, avoid that thing Corey was talking about the captain planet villains. Speaking of captain Vill planet though, um, there is a college humor bit on captain planet. That's one of the <laughs> funniest bits ever where captain planet just kind of loses it and just starts blowing people up. It's hilarious. That sounds um, awesome. <laughs> Definitely look that up uh, when you guys are done watching this. But um, yeah, uh, so, so I've got I've got one more I've got one more point. And if and I, I think um, I was thinking of like how does this really re relate to illustration? Um, and I I actually believe in opposition as like a fundamental building block of the universe. I, and and I was on art art casters at one point in time, and I put forth a theory. Uh, and everybody in the chat was like, no, that's super weird. So I won't do that here, maybe at some point. But but I actually do believe that opposition allows things to exist. And without opposition, things cease to exist. Um, you know, and and so if you think about it, like dark is dark exists because it's the absence of light. And light exists in comparison to the darkness, right? And so the idea of contrast is is in the idea of opposition. And so yeah. if I were to go in on this page, it, it's really been really relevant to me because um, as I've been drawing this, um, I'm going to hit the mic with it, but as I've been drawing this, I'm trying to figure out um, a good balance 
um, in some yeah. of these things. And so you can look at some of these, some of these creatures. Um, yes. I wanted there to be a lot of black, right? But if at some point in time I were to go in and just fill the whole thing in with black, then there's no opposition to that. There's no value contrast. And without that yep. value contrast, it's, it's nothing. It's just a big blob of black. But it's sometimes that little bit of white or sometimes that little bit of black or that little bit of gray that makes something work, makes it stand out, makes it, makes it okay because you're not, it's not just a white, I mean, without opposition, it would just be a white piece of paper or yeah, a black actually, piece of paper. Yeah, and, and I agree. There's these points, this is one of the fun things about art is there's these weird points where philosophy actually becomes practice. Yeah. And, um, and so like what, some of what Corey's describing is like embedded in the, in the fundamentals of 2D design. Yeah. Um, there are rules of thumb in art that are rules of thumb mainly because of juxtaposition because a, an effective image is going to juxtapose two things at least. Um, and so to create like a point of focus, you need proper juxtaposition in an image. And um, I know that's an overused term. I mean, there's even like a, a magazine called Juxtapose and I know hipsters love using that word. Yeah. But there's a reason it's loved so much. And, it, and it's, I mean like a perfect example of it's like the rule of thirds where when you take an image that's perfectly balanced where um, everything's centered, it's effective, it's balanced, but it's kind of boring for people and people will actually lose focus on it. Whereas if you actually pick a third of the page to have your point of focus um, and you'll notice like literally just start scrolling through like um, Ansel Adams photos or um, or like classic illustrations. And, and you're, and once you kind of see the rule of thirds in action, it, it's hard to find art that was successful that didn't um, use it. There, there is art that didn't use it. Like the whole nouveau movement kind of throws that out the window and goes into a more ornate style of art, which I kind of straddle the line of sometimes too. But in general, like, you'll start noticing like, oh, okay, my, my point of view on this photograph of the ocean goes right to the ocean because the ocean's cut at the bottom third of the image. Right. And, and the reason the third works is because it's, it's in opposition to the part that's taking the whole. So you have whole in opposition with partial space. So it's like if you don't have those opposing things, then you just have one thing. And the one thing is less effective visually. It's really interesting. And if you have two things that are perfectly opposing, it creates like a figure foreground flip, which mm -hmm. is really fun to play with. So it's like there's a lot to be learned in the practice of art too, not just the philosophy you're get, getting outside of art or getting in critiques of your art, but even in like the, the structure of art and what makes it effective in general um, through opposition. So, yeah, I mean, I think we could go on this topic for a long time and go, like, I think I even started it by saying we can go in a lot of directions with this, but right. well, um, and I, and I think, um, future episodes, we should touch on, um, gestalt. Oh yeah. That would I be, that, I mean, you could probably do a full episode on, on each of the major gestalt principles. And, and I don't know, I don't know most people outside of art school, um, you know, would really even 
would really even understand what it is that we're talking about, but it's the psychology of um, why you perceive things visually the way that you do. And if you yeah. be- you can begin to understand how your brain perceives the stimulus of vision, um, then you can really start to do some really cool stuff with your work. Yeah. And, and yeah. a lot of that is... A lot of that is this this contrast, this conflict, this juxtaposition, um, you know. And you you had mentioned figure ground, which is one of the which is one of those principles. So a little a little teaser for the future, but uh, yes, but yeah. So go ahead. So let's cap it by giving some just kind of like suggestions that at least for me like have been helpful for me as an artist and just in life in general to kind of have more of a um, a standpoint of kind of exploration. In, in in my um, knowledge base mm-hmm. and and I think the one of the key things is like anytime you experience um, resistance to um, to a conversation to advice on art to anything similar to that um, question that resistance um, like where what's the origin of it is this just about ego because if it's about ego um, you're going to have a tough time becoming a good artist if you're all about ego. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that kind of ties into the second, which is, um, to try to kind of avoid your ego when it comes to art, because you aren't going to be next to your artwork. So unless you're going to be like a fine artist showing in galleries that you're always going to be at to kind of explain your picture, um, then, you need to kind of leave your ego behind because no one's going to know your ego from your art unless you effectively communicate it. Um, and then, and then the last thing is to maybe start thinking of opposition as a good thing in the sense of like an enriching thing, because the, the worst you get out of opposition is a more sharpened knowledge of, of what your viewpoint is. And, and the, best that you get out of it is potentially more information um that'll actually make you better and so like that's that's kind of my my kind of spin on the whole thing and do you have anything to add to that like for for just tips on how artists should deal with opposition um because there's also opposition from uh from the from the industry i mean there's all sorts of ways we could go with that you know yeah i i think uh i think the best thing on opposition i ever heard might not feel like it's directly relatable but in my mind it is um chris oatley once said that you are you are never as good or as bad as you think you are yeah you know and so so any anything you know anything that comes and flies in the face of your self-perception both as a either as a compliment or as a a, you know a, a put down or whatever um if it if it rattles what you think about yourself like take a moment and, and and be like, why did I have such a heavy reaction to that? And, it, and it, that could be really helpful, because sometimes yeah. you know, like we're all really hard on ourselves, and sometimes I've been working on this lately, and I've been. If anybody has ever complimented my work, you'll see that I'm really bad at accepting a compliment. I I yeah. tend to make an excuse or cr- turn it into a self-deprecating joke or something because it just makes me really uncomfortable i like it and it's helpful and it's nice but like i don't know what to say so i'm always like i have this fear that you know i I just want people to know that i'm not as cool as they might think i am you know i'd be like i actually really suck really bad thanks for saying that nice thing about me bye you know it's like (laughs) and and uh 
but why why is that? And, and, and analyzing that, or you know, getting a critique on something can also be yeah. equally hard. Uh, and yeah. you can be like, well, I thought that was really good, and I worked really hard on that, and I've spent years to get to this point. Um, and while all that can be true, and it can still be good, look at that critique and say, maybe that hurts because it's true. You know, maybe maybe yeah. I didn't draw that hand very well, or her head really is out of proportion, or her eye really yeah. is in the wrong place, or whatever. And uh, and then go, okay, next time I can do better. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, and I I think um, just the the. The one thing I actually forgot to say when facing opposition too is like, don't like, and and this is really good advice that I got given to me when I got into teaching and when I got into art direction um, from people who had taught and art directed, which is don't forget that you're the teacher and don't forget that you're the art director. Yeah. And in this case, I'd say, don't forget who you are, like, and the power in that. Um, Because a lot of the fear of opposition um, and the fear of even kind of being less defensive when it comes to opposition is really like a, a, a wall or a shell you've built around yourself to kind of um, to kind of avoid like you know taking taking the opposition because we assume we can't. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of remember the value of who you are, the value of what you bring, um, and, and like the power of just like being an individual um, creating, then it's like you really don't have much to fear going into a a situation of opposition. The majority of the time in art, like I said, the worst hit is going to be your ego. And if your ego is that fragile, you you might have some reassessment to do of, of um, like psychologically, like before you get into the whole field, because this field, um, will do a number on egos, like both egos that are fed and then starved <laughs> um, or egos that are overfed. And then, you know, that can lead to things like, you know, um, a fan coming up to you at a convention and being kind of a jerk to them, you know, right. like, which doesn't, doesn't usually translate to a very long career with fans. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, it's like um, that, that would be kind of the biggest thing that I actually can't believe I forgot to mention at the top, which is just like going into it. Don't forget like how strong, um, you are like as a human being, because I think a lot of the time defensiveness and walls like that actually show weakness. Yeah. Um, and, uh, whereas like, have you ever had one of those moments where like, I've totally had this where I've had these students who are so confident with themselves, not in a negative way, that they'll sit through a critique and they'll be like, thanks. And it's like the impression they give off is like, holy crap. And, you know, they might go home and be like, I'm going to do three of those things. Yeah. But at the same time, like the, the perception you give off by just being like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it that's great. That's really of, good. Yeah. It breaks down walls and stuff. So yeah. Oh that's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. And those, those are few and far between in the undergraduate Yes, uh, because I think that's a pretty mature stance to be able to get to. So if you can get to that, good on you, mate. I don't know why I slipped <laughs> into Australian all of a sudden. But well, it's because of the nefarious, dark things that we're doing with graphic design and art. Right. <laughs> that's it. Because because of 
Australia. Uh, yeah. So if you would like to learn more about the uh, United World Government string theory conspiracy of how the uh, Sasquatch men are going to take over with the mole men through the uh, hatching and negative space patterns that come through in the cipher of the ink work in your favorite comics, then you can go to quarterlystories.com and you can see a ton of hatching. Um, I really actually want to see somebody do like a, like a fake PowerPoint with our work based on um, the stuff we've shown on Instagram and whatever, and like find patterns that aren't there and then make it into like a big alien conspiracy. Cause that would be my favorite thing ever. You see in the negative space, that's an alien. That's an alien right there. Like they didn't accidentally make that. That's you, right there. <laughs> if you can, if you convert this into binary, it actually says, take me to your leader. So if you want to take a look at my stuff, um, and find the secret hidden messages, actually, in a lot of times I do work in, random weird stuff it just doesn't have anything to do with some secret conspiracy it's just because i want to see if anybody catches it you can go to coreycurr.com um and i'm on instagram and twitter and youtube uh and if you want to do stuff with the podcast go to coreycurr.com slash 48hr and if you haven't already because i know some of you have um go um leave a review on that podcast because that would be awesome you guys rock um make sure the aliens don't get you and we'll see you on monday